Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Dadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by the illustrious, the notorious Alex Van Aken. Hello, sir. Hey, thanks for inviting me back on, dude. You didn't have to. <laughs> no? Could have just let you go? I mean, I guess. Yeah, technically. I, I like you it. Don't, like you don't have to do it without me. With me, I mean. I don't know. I like I like doing the show with you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, I hope you have fun too. I do. I do. So I'm happy to be back, Alex. There we go. Once uh, again. Listeners, we hope you have fun. Join us each week alongside a rotated crew of GI guests, GI hosts. Ooh, I goofed this week. Mm. GI hosts and special guests from around the industry. As we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag, your eyes and ears can handle this week. We have a busy one, folks. We have Forspoken cover. We do a deep dive with Jill and Kim that you'll see momentarily. Uh, uh, Jill sticks around to do some uh, talking uh, impressions of uh, Assassin's Creed, the new DLC from Valhalla, which sounds mm. exciting. And then we Dawn of Ragnarok, I think, right? Correct. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, we just say screw it and spend like 30 minutes talking about Elden Ring again because all of us keep playing it. So it was great. Yeah, uh, good show ahead of us, I can assure you. Uh, we're going to skip news for the week because we were going to do some Sony State of Play stuff, not a ton of stuff that we were super hyped about, and we have a pretty thick show ahead of you. So, Alex, any any comments, any thoughts? Um, Giga Clash, was that one? Uh, yeah. the, the Kaiju one, that was cool. Yep. Um, Ro- uh, Trek to Yumai, the new Devol- Devolver Digital joint, looks cool. Um, JoJo fans are probably happy about the fighting game getting bring i guess the remaster um mm-hmm. coming so a lot of cool yeah, stuff but uh definitely. nothing major just a lot of like smaller hits you know right and i think there's definitely people out there who's gonna really like be excited about what square announced right square's coming out yeah. with another srpg which which is exciting to to some people um i think i was most hyped for the returnal uh update yeah co-op we're getting co-op and we're getting a I think it's Tower of Ascension or something like that, but it's a it's a challenge like uh, tower that Long you have to work your way whatever, up. Yeah. yeah. So um interesting stuff as always. But uh what's more interesting though? Oh, they did share for show for spoken, but let's just yes. jump right in. Let's just let's get into our impressions of it. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. If you have been sleeping under a rock, you will know. Well, you won't know. This is rough. I don't know why I'm struggling. <laughs> We're keep you know what? We're keeping it. I'm a human, yep. we have flaws. New Game Informer cover is Forspoken, the exciting new joint from Square Enix, from uh, Luminous Productions that did Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy XV, and I assembled a crew here today to talk about it. We have the, uh, I said no to Inquisitor, but Jill Grote in the building. What is your nickname for this show? Um, I don't know. Let's go with, like, uh, Illustrious. Oh, I like illustrious. Okay, you, you may one. have to you may have to fight Van Aken for that, but you both can be illustrious. I think so. you're way more illustrious than me <laughs> today. You know, I'm feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then of course you know where you love her, K Star Kim Wallace. Oh, cow, Hello. Cow, cow. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Ready. 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 <laughs> we are ready. We are what ready. You got? To be. What you got? What you got? You Is that one us. of the voice lines from Forspoken? Oh yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah, cool. Trey the... is sassy. She ain't taking mm. it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Forspoken, uh, Kim, Jill, and I had the pleasure of meeting with the folks over at Square and Luminous uh, 
couple of weeks ago now, maybe a month ago now. And we got the lowdown on Forspoken, which was Project Athia back in the day, right? It was one of the the exciting showcase pieces from the PlayStation uh five press i think it was the first press conference yeah. they, they had when it was like ff16 FF and stuff like that too and so and you know we've seen trailers here and there but i feel like this is the first really meaty uh like hands-off preview that we got to got to see mm-hmm. we get you did jill did a you did a, a preview of it a couple months ago yeah at this point something Sometime like that before this yeah yeah, yeah but we got to see gameplay and we got to talk to the team and uh let's kick this segment off with um Let's talk a little bit about the story and and what we saw here. So Jill or Kim, if you want to jump into that. Um, Yeah, I can go ahead. Uh, What we knew sort of beforehand was sparse. Um, The main character's name is Frey Holland. She is a New Yorker. She is in a bad place currently. Got maybe some law troubles coming her way. Got some bad things on all sides. She is turning 21 and somehow magically poofs and is in Athia and goes around and fights dragons and whatnot. It's um, as one is wont to do. As one yeah. does. It's basically a Wizard of Oz story, right? Yeah, like, very much. <laughs> she wakes up in a fantastical land and is like, I just want to get the F home, baby. Mm-hmm. Literally, and- probably. Probably to her cat, Homer, who was like a huge star of the trailers, right? Um, yeah. This footage who's of fine. Fiction. Who's totally fine. Anyone we, who's worried about Homer confirm. back, back yeah, in... We can confirm we asked that question. Me and Jill were very concerned about Homer. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, for this particular um, exclusive viewing for Game Informer, um, yeah. <laughs> We we learned a little bit more, and some of that's going to be revealed in uh, some stuff coming up later this month. But what we can talk about is um, we know that Frey lands in Athia, and Athia is having a bad time right now because they have uh, this thing called the break, which is a sort of like fog that's permeated the land, and it's turning everyone into zombies and like mutating animals and transforming landscapes and everything. And for some reason, Frey is immune to this, <laughs> as is Van Aken's cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of cats. Um, Gets me every time. I love it so much. Yeah, I haven't seen her all day as soon as we start podcasting. As, as yeah. Jill mentioned, like part of the game is going to be figuring out why Frey is like immune to this break. Why doesn't it work on her? And because the break doesn't work on her, um, you know, suddenly she's in this unique position where she can save this world, which, you know, is being governed by like these evil magic sorceresses called Tantas, who we, you know, we saw the Tanta of Strength and they introduced the Tanta of Virtue um, prov at the Game Awards. Justice, sorry. <laughs> Virtue, justice, you know, they kind of did there. Similar things, yeah. Um, but did... yeah, so it's it's a crazy kind of like fish out of water <laughs> adventure, you know? You right. wake up one day and then you're like, I've got the task of this um, world on my shoulders. So Frey's like very reluctant because she's kind of just like, what the heck is going on? But to make matters worse, she wakes up with a freaking talking cuff on her arm who is just, like, causing her grief. Um, 
My favorite part is Square's like, yeah, he'll comment on how you're playing. So if you're like bad at dodging, this little cuff's going to tell you what's up. Be like, dodge better, baby. Do it. Can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine that having that in Elden Ring? I think I would have returned the game. Oh, I, I can't wait till I get Rise, all punish. the bad comments. Like, yeah. why didn't you dodge that? Why didn't you? But he also helps you out, too. He'll let you know that a spell's right. incoming. If you're lost, he'll get you back on the right path. But they mm -hmm. kind of have this very contentious relationship because um, he's really trying to guide Faye and tell her, like, you are in a unique position. Step into this role of this world. And, you know, she's not so sure that that's... Right. what she wants to do you know right. it's it's you wake up in a crazy land and you're just like i want to get home <laughs> right and frey is from a background where she's not used to relying on mm -hmm. people and not used to trusting people and having to kind of get through on her own and so getting put in this situation she's all about like how do i figure out what's going on with me not like how do i save the new world i'm in from this zombie fog you know sort of right. thing yeah. uh so a lot of the confrontation between cuff and frey seem to be that he is very much of athia and he cares very much about its people mm -hmm. and the land and what's happening there uh and he's like anyone would be like you could save us save us and she's like and nah i'm yeah. out like this is wild there's dragons mm -hmm. there's monsters i'm not having this mm -hmm. and something that luminous productions when we were talking with them in our our conversations what they really wanted with frey was an imperfect hero they didn't want her to come in and be like i'm going to save the day they wanted you to see this person who has flaws who feels like it could be someone you know or even like yourself who's going through their own stuff um and you're stepping into the like how would you respond and what would you do and she's not always going to say the right things in fact i think when even the footage we saw of it we should say we got like a hands-off demo of close yep. to 30 minutes of mm -hmm. of that we saw and you know sometimes she says stuff and you're like girl get it together you know <laughs> like she's just trying but she's that's it she's trying to figure out a lot of things in her life and i think you know they call it a journey of self-discovery obviously i think we all know she'll get there eventually but it's she's not going to just come into this world and be like I, i'm 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 here to save the day Captain and, america type yeah like, and always do the right thing i think like that she's going to be an imperfect protagonist and and that's what we're going to see Right. And I think that also connects to the Tantas like we like we talked about a little bit. But like, as far as I remember, they used to be good. They used yes. to watch over Athia in a positive way. And the uh, the one that we saw, the Tanta of Justice, she, she was Prov, excuse me. Yeah, uh, she didn't care about uh, good or helping people at all. She was scary. She uh, was yeah, yeah. comically so. We saw a cutscene of her and guys, absolutely terrifying. And I can't remember the last time a villain had like that impact on me. She just goes Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde on you very quickly hmm. because she's fighting herself in a sense because she was, as, as Jill said, like of justice, the taunt of justice. And she, you know, ruled on on people and tried to be fair 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now she has this corrupt sense taking over that's like, I don't care, you're guilty no matter what, and I don't need evidence, and it's against everything. But you see that version of her fighting herself, and oh my god, um, Pollyanna McIntosh, the voice actress, just, she's from The Walking Dead, just nails the role so well. That I'm going to tell you, people are going to be talking about this character. I still, oh, I have nightmares of her. <laughs> she's, it, it, and it's it's a little bit more cartoony than, say, like a villain in like The Last of Us, right? But I do think mm-hmm. it, it works in the the theme of the world, not taking itself too seriously in, in Athia. So I, yeah. I, I liked what I saw that, even though there was a couple of times I was like, Oh, oh, okay. That's where we're going with this. All right. It remind me though of the evil sorceresses that you see in like the Disney movies, where they're like, right. ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna tag that laugh. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be life. me. But, yeah, yeah. for sure. But you know what I mean? Just like having that moment of like really embracing um, the evil and, and mm-hmm. leaning into it. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that evolves, and and that's definitely something that made me go, okay, I'm. I'm interested in this game now because like we said that there wasn't a ton out there um tanta prav inhabited this new area that we had not seen yet and i'm not going to try to pronounce it because i always screw it up jill what is the name of uh, the new area that we saw avo wallet avo wallet thank you yeah um, <laughs> have a wallet have, have, have a wallet. wallet have a wallet um have a wallet i could yeah. use one of those honestly <laughs> <laughs> Preferably All the zombies with- just passing out leather flaps everywhere. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was an area that I think most people have seen at this point, the kind of deserty, arid space that they, they've been putting out there for Forspoken. But this was a little bit more, it had more blue tones in it. I think it was a little mm-hmm. bit greener, that kind of stuff. Um, what do you, what do you, Joe, what do you remember from what we saw from the new area? What's yeah. out to you? I mean, I uh, like, so perfect you're just uh doing all my work for me for uh promoting i have something coming up deep diving into all of this but uh but it is definitely a realm that is lush and green and thriving and beautiful and it's such a stark contrast to this like dry horrific everything's dying sort of landscape that we've seen so far but it's also like it is uh like prov rules in this particular area it's it's her realm um, so it is this sort of weird concept of like thriving and doing well and that just being sort of a twisted like comparison to how things are actually going in the world. Like it's a very interesting thing and all of the like you still run into things that are mutated. You've got enemies that should be nice, lovely creatures of the woodland realm, but they're not. They're really not. Um and so it is just this beautiful space, and it's part uh, part of this big open world that this game is going to be. So it does give you a nice sense of like, hey, it'll there will be some nice places to explore in here. It won't all just be featureless kind of dry desert. Right, mm-hmm. and and I think we got a sense of what is actually going to fill that open world sen- uh, space a little bit more. Right, some of the activities. Uh, that we'll actually encounter. There are these, um, were they considered the break in those, those spheres that came down and like gave like, or um, spawned like harder enemies. Do you remember what that was called? Either uh, of you? They do have uh break storms. Break storms. Thank you. Which That's what are, yeah. yeah. Are those things that kind of roll in big, like billowing fog rolls in and things just turn up to 11 and everything's trying to kill you. 
and hopefully you get rewards that are worthwhile for that. Um, we do have a sense that the world has things sprinkled in it. So as we were watching this uh, preview, we saw just like little, we saw chests uh, around the world that you could try to open. And then when you tried to open it, things would attack you. Or we saw a little mini dungeon, which I'll jump into later yeah. as well for coverage. Um, we saw um, shelters uh, called uh, refuges. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, kind of as the name suggests, kind of safe spaces to craft a little bit, check out the world, get some lore in there. Um, and guild towers, or just guilds, um, also going to be pointing you towards more information and more things for your journey. And, you know, it's hard to get a sort of sense of how big the world is and how full it's going to be, but they definitely have put some thought into what people will do if they're not, you know, going directly towards the main objective. Yeah, a lot of the side activities that we saw seem to either be um, challenges for those who want to face, like, big bads and really test their skills uh, with the system. And then my the other point that I wanted to make is a lot on expanding the lore of this world. Like, you'll see a bunch of abandoned villages that you can visit, and those will give you more um, information on the people who live there. Because this was a world once that was populated, thriving, um, but the people who didn't, who had to, who got stuck in the break, they've all turned to zombies now, and it's kind of, it's creepy. Um, but there is a safe spot called Sepal. Sepal. Paul. Yeah. yeah. Where um, that's the only place that people have gone for that, um, the humans now live because that's the only safe spot where the break isn't affected. And it, we were told that, you know, Frey will be going back and forth here, really talking to some of the NPCs and getting and getting um, more information through that as well. Like we said, there's another thing. What's the God? I'm trying to think of the name of it. I think Jill would know. Um, oh, I'm ready. Hit me. Oh, you ready? I can't think of the name, but like the. The academies where you can like look at scientific research or the magic research that I think that's the guild stuff. That's the guild stuff. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you'll find out stuff there and you can look into their research and and kind of find out more about this world and kind of maybe where it took some of these dark turns and about the people in it, which has me interested, um, to say the least. I always like that feeling of having a world that feels really fleshed out and thought through. Um, and the fantastical setting, I'm just, I'm excited yeah. for it. And for the sure. nice thing too, that we saw during that, that I really appreciated for like open world stuff is, uh, when you discovered the mention of a location in, you know, looking through manuscripts or looking through like, uh, information of any kind, it would, your map would pop up and those locations would pop up in the map, even if you haven't explored that area yet. Mm-hmm. So you have a reason to go to that location instead of it just being fog of war you have no idea what's there but you have to like wander around which you know i think that's really cool if and especially if you're really interested in finding more lore or mm-hmm. you know you want to make some health potions because you're really low and you haven't been in this area before you know where you can go to craft those so yeah it's definitely a little bit more of a, a guided experience but one I'm, I'm i'm excited to jump into yeah. so um 
speaking of getting around the open world, uh, one of the other draws of this game and the pre-release stuff that we've seen is the traversal, how you actually get around. And, and we got more of a sense of that in, in uh, what we saw in the preview coverage. I definitely, I think there's a lot of potential there and that's kind of what I'm most excited for, right? Because I think I've seen some people online kind of uh, bemoan the fact that it looks relatively empty but with what we've seen plus the traversal mechanics i i think it'll fill more than i think people are expecting right i it feels like if they nail it right we didn't get a chance to play it um i want to but like it felt like they're going for like a high fantasy version of something like sunset overdrive to a certain extent right with that very fluid oh. movement bounding almost up looks wall, a little like, like infamous to me as well yeah that's a good call out too yeah i infamous think those too. are those are the the um kind of the 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 high points to hit right but like we don't know we didn't get to play it but um and and we saw in the trailer too right like um she had like a water surfboard that she calls out to go quickly in water and stuff like that so i'm curious this looks so stylish and cool right going yeah. through the yeah. world like that like for me what it's going to come down to though and so I'm very um, anxious to get actual hands-on with the game because how that feels is really going to be important and how smooth all of those jumps are to get to ledge to ledge, um, you know, will be where where the satisfaction really comes from of controlling Frey. Um, so it's hard for us to tell up front, but it looks <laughs> real cool. Right. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's definitely the... The high point for me of watching that was like, oh, this could be, especially seeing it string together and stuff like that. I was like, okay, this is something I can really get into because I love, you know, like I said, Sunset, like I love some of these other games with the, like Spider-Man has amazing locomotion, like Ratchet and Clank, you know, I'm naming a lot of Insomniac games because they're great. But yeah, um, uh, Jill, did you have any thoughts on Traversal before we move to the next uh, subject? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts sort of echo everybody else's. It looks fantastic, and if it feels as good as it looks, it's going to be, like, spectacular, but we have no idea how that really works in in actual action, so it, it'll be great. Yeah. You should mention Hopefully. there is fall yeah. damage. Yes, there mm. is fall um, damage. But and You can um, use a spell to, like, cushion yeah. it, so, like, a gravity spell so you're not falling and And, and it's not, it. like, it, you don't have endless amounts of magic ability either so you do have to like wonder is that going to feel limiting or restricting or or is it going to be interesting the way you have to sort of think about like okay i can't jump off this particular cliff because i don't have enough magic to cushion me when i fall right and i'll die because that's i think that's the fun of something and that adds stakes right because that's kind of the fun of Elden Ring is fully in my mind right now i apologize but like in Elden Ring right <laughs> like you find you see a cliff you, and you're Dantac? like <laughs> no, he rips off yeah. his mask <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> there's going to be another <laughs> <laughs> um but it is that thing right it's that risk reward of like mm, that looks like i could make that jump but i also have like 50,000 runes like it not not in a similar vein maybe but like that it could add stakes in in Forspoken, mm -hmm. where it's like you know I could try to do this environmental puzzle, but like, am I really ready, or am I just gonna fall on my face? So I'm I'm curious about that. Jill, the, you, oops, sorry. I was gonna Go say ahead. the parkour also is used in combat as well. We should mention yeah. that that's mm -hmm. how you can get out of the way of a lot of attacks that are incoming. You know, you can't spam it obviously because it is limited. Um, but it is going to be a part of the experience of how you move around the battlefield and using it to your advantage um, in those ways. Yeah, 
For sure. And well, speaking of combat, we also got a, a, a really uh, great taste of what that is going to be moment to moment, right? We we know that there are no, there's no metal swords, axes, any of that. There's no weapons, right? It is literally She's just a fire sword. Spells. Let's be fair. True. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like uh, no, no physical weapons, right? They are magic all the way through. And there's three types of magic that we know of right now, if I'm not mistaken. There's attack magic. Um, support magic and then the i don't know what they were called the big hitter attacks super special attack top of the pyramid magic square if you want to use that (laughs) we've copyrighted it already but um jill actually wrote a piece for us on game informer i know we keep promoting your stuff but uh as we should right um where we talk about the spells and list them all out do you want to jump in here jill yeah uh so i will maybe not list all of them but we did talk a little bit about the sword which is called slice it's this very very visually pleasing sort of mix between like a medieval like long sword and like a lightsaber but that's just like this beautiful red glowing and the red sparks drip and fall everywhere and it's just really cool to watch uh for and that's like an attack magic and a lot of the attack magic seem to have a sort of um infinite ammo is not exactly correct but like a a feeling that you can use it over and over and over again mm. uh without a cooldown so you get a lot of um shooting things out of your hands uh at various enemies and they're going to do minimal damage but you're going to be able to call on those when everything else is sort of cooling down. Like a support magic is, uh, looks like it's going to be things that sort of buff you or help protect you, things that aren't directly damaging enemies, but you can kind of mix and match and get some of the attacks and some of the support, like helping each other. Mm -hmm. Um, One I remember in particular is like a water column that you can call up from the ground and um, just kind of stand behind it while people try to shoot into you. And you're like, haha, I'm behind my <laughs> wall of water. You can't do yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, there was there was some too that did do some AOE attacks that, that yeah. I really like that were yeah, yeah, really yeah. flashy and stuff. So it is an interesting mix in that way. Yeah. Um, what was the... Oh, there were other ones that were... Some of my favorite things is just like stepping back and letting other people do fighting sometimes. So there's one called Legion that summons these like fiery soldiers who just attack your enemies for you. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Let's I always like when I can make people fight for me. Yeah. yeah. I weirdly, I re- weirdly remember Cork really liked that too. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so. yeah. And then we have these like super ultra fantastic magic uh, combos um, that do something incredible but they you, you can do them like once and then you don't get them again for a really really long time so cool you have down. to really plan when you're going to use them because if you waste it on like a couple of zombies and then later you run into a huge mini boss like you're out of luck yeah um and the one that we saw was called conflagration and i will save what that does for anyone oh, who wants to read that. Oh, you tease. Oh, 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 <laughs> but girl. it's worth it's worth it. So check it out. Yeah, there is a really cool in the in the gameplay video we posted alongside Jill's awesome piece. There is an awesome uh 
ability that you'll have to see to believe. So um, very excited about that. Yeah, I, you know, I was curious how combat worked in this. There definitely it's it's one of those things with traversal again, right, too, where it's like I need to feel it because it looks great. But yeah. it's like I need to see how these all synergize and work together. But the spectacle is is unequivocally there um, mm-hmm. with the particle effects. And Well, and Square has a reputation of their games looking very good. And then, like I said, sometimes sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think for me, my other concern is just, um, and I asked them about this, is just like Final Fantasy XV was very much their first time tackling like more open landscapes and they're calling this like full open world so can they you know luminous handle a big open world setup like this and keep it engaging because like i said there's a lot of we don't want like a bunch of empty areas obviously which is always the crux of right you know trying to get that going right. and up i think yeah that balance they strike with if traversal is fun maybe that mitigates some of the things that Maybe that that mitigates some of the the uh, um, barren nature of the open world because you're going through it so fast. Like you know, exactly. we'll, see, we'll see. We don't we don't know. Um, speaking of concerns, though, uh, I feel like at least in the journal the journalism space, one of the things that for for spoken became somewhat known for is questionable representation. Right um, during your preview event, Jill. Um, one of the the writers said that phrase walk was hip hoppy. Like it's yeah, it was you know, the performance director. Yeah, like it. Um, nails are used in in a questionable way. We can say right, like and you know as exciting it is that this is a black female uh, lead. Right, it is. It does come from problematic roots of like angry orphan like you know some stereotypes that we're trying to get away from in 2022 what did we learn what did y'all learn from your time talking to the devs uh did did we get to cover that at all uh so we did ask a lot about obviously we want to make sure to give everybody a space to talk about that and to uh discuss concerns and make sure those are being addressed uh and there are some things that I'm still wary of, and I'm going to keep an eye on for that. Uh, there are some things that it may be a non-issue, and as we play, we'll discover like, oh, okay, this really wasn't that bad. Um, as far as representation goes, uh, they did discuss with us that they had used consultants. Um, we didn't get like much information in that vein so i want to see really where that's coming from and where that uh how that ends up turning out uh because those comments the hip-hop comment was particularly worrisome uh but it may just be someone talking off off the cuff without thinking about it and that's really the hope and it is absolutely fantastic to see such a female-led game with the um, protagonist being a woman and all of the tantas being women and it seems like a lot of the important side characters also being women uh, it's really cool to see so um, that is one of the concerns about the nails because when you do have a game that's so concentrated on women to have something that's stereotypical like girls like that uh, as a mechanic 
is weird and it can come off sort of unusual. They did talk to me about how that was part of Athia being taken from cultures like um, Egyptian culture and, and that sort of, in that sort of realm, I want to say Babylonian too, but I can't remember quite off the top of my head, um, where adorning one's nails was a part of the culture and a way to show your status in that culture. And so they took that from real life and put that into uh, Athia, which is how they do with a lot of different things you can see within the world, like especially like visually and artistic art history speaking, they put a lot of that into the game as well. So it's a very possible thing that that is where that stems from. And it just sounds really bad when you're like, hey, this is a game uh, full of women and you get to paint your nails. Like, you know, so it right. may just be that it sounds bad in contrast, but really the game has, uh, while you're playing it, some good reason for that magical nail adornment. And we'll have to see about that. For sure. Uh, the other thing I think that is, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but like I know a lot of people were worried about the banter and mm. the amount of it and sort of the tone of it. Um, and from what I saw in the preview to what I saw in this demo that we uh, recently saw, it seemed like they toned a lot of it down, so it wasn't quite at the frequency as it was before. Um, but, you know, that's what you're going to get. That level of that tone, that back and forth, that sassiness, that's that's where they're hitting. Right. Um, so if that's the sort of thing that's going to turn you off from the game... I didn't see anything that will calm your worries for that particular aspect, but, uh, you know, it's all going to be, they're still adjusting and they're still taking in um, different suggestions and listening to people. So we'll see where that ends up. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like a little bit of, you know, I like the sassy, I like the back and forth. Right. But like too much is too much sometimes. Sorry, Kim, I didn't mean to cut No, you I was going to say, I am similar. I have some concerns with the humor. It's so hard because we're seeing such a little slice. And I think in the scheme of things that those conversations between Cuff and Frey are really to kind of break up some of the more serious stuff and other things she's going on to bring out like different sides of her personality. And so because we're not seeing it in the full context of the game, it's really hard, but I think right now it is, and even with Jill's topic before of mentioning concerns, like, I think it's always great to voice these concerns because they are in the process of making the game and they can go back and consider some of the stuff that they're doing. And then at the same time, too, they can be like, you know, like I said before, it's so hard to call it on some of these things because we're only seeing a section of a game in the span of like that goes on for hours and it's complete right. so you don't know how one thing will go versus another and um i always laugh because i cover a lot of our rpgs for us and i used to always tell people rpg demos are the hardest because sometimes people and i think demos in general you just you can pick a slamming section from a game that makes it look amazing and then the full game comes out and you're like what the heck or vice versa you pick a bad area to demo like it falls flat um and so it's always tricky to know based on these um what we see what i saw i think i think there's a lot of potential with the world yeah. um you know, another good example is each um, region, you know, as we said, like 
was governed by a specific Tanta, and they all have their own twist. Like, so corruption doesn't just mean ugly, as we said. And so as we got deeper into this area, um, we saw the castle town that, you know, um, uh, Ava Wallet <laughs> of like there, but it's all in ruins, right? So, but what they did was really cool is you get up more into it, like the town is twisted completely sideways. And it's a cool way to kind of do that fairy tale aspect and warp what was once something normal and turn it into something different. But like, I was even thinking, like, just for Frey to be able to explore a world that has been turned sideways makes for good, like, traversal if they do it well and right. And like I said, we didn't see an extensive part of this, but it just looked freaking cool. And I was like, that's a cool, unique, like, I just liked how the, everything was set up with the Tantas and showing different ways this corruption could take shape and not just making it always, like what you'd expect. I think that's the other thing too. Like they could lean and go really campy into certain, you know, fairy tale tropes and all that. But from what I saw, I didn't get that vibe. I got the vibe that they're going to be doing some cool things to kind of mess with your expectations and show you like what's happened to this world that has just like this break has just consumed and, and changed everything. Yeah. I I and this may be a turnoff to some, but like I I definitely got like almost Marvel vibes a little bit, right? Where it is playful and can be fun and snarky, mm -hmm. but you know there are some Marvel movies that do a good job conveying loss, you know, like more dramatic elements, right? So it's like that that could be exciting if if handled correctly, and you know I they have shown even in the the time between your preview, Jill. What when did you preview this game? A couple months ago. Uh, yeah, it was months and months ago. Yeah. It was like before winter break. I think it was like December right. or something. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they've already shown that they're listening, right? You know, they did cut down on the banter, right? They, they've delayed this to October, I believe now. <laughs> October right? 11th. Yeah. So they're going to take another five months and, and you know, hopefully they can internalize that that feedback and, and make this into something special because I, I think, you know, I was excited by the potential of what what we saw and and uh you know i think especially with how busy the start of the year is too like i i'm excited that they get to stave it off a little bit more and 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 hone in on what makes this game exciting so um jill uh kim any any final thoughts before we uh we, we move off of forspoken here yeah um it definitely has i think kim said it fantastically like there is potential here that makes me very very excited new ip is always great and if a new ip is great it's just this fantastic thing that because it's this new thing on the horizon that's suddenly now part of your repertoire and you can look forward to it um uh, but we'll, you know we're gonna have to see hopefully they work on a lot and they turn out this wonderful beautiful thing yeah kim I like that Square is taking some risks here and they're acknowledging like one thing that they said to us was when we went back and we looked at some of the stuff that we felt we could do better narrative and characters were really one. And so they like I said, they went out, got Gary Whitta, um, Rogue One fame, obviously to uh, realize the world and kind of start world building and deciding this. And then when he did that, then they got Amy Henning, who, gosh, Uncharted fame, Jack and Dexter, all that stuff. And um, 
to help then build the story even more. And then they brought in other writers, Allison Reimer and Todd uh, Stashwick, um, mm -hmm. to kind of go from there and really bring the characters to life, bring the dialogue. And I like that that's, that's all, like, Western talent. Like, a Japanese, you know, square is located in Japan. They're very into their, for a long time, you know, their main series have been Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, um, Kingdom Hearts, and then they put spinoffs off of those. And, you know, they don't, they have a new IP here and there, but I haven't seen them take this aggressive of an approach and actually, like, tapped other people for help. That's like, maybe we don't do this best. Maybe we should find somebody else to help us with this. Um, and I think the team also, I'll be interested, they did say half the team on Luminous Productions um, were from 15. So I think they had a lot of learning experiences there. Like there's some things that 15 executed very well, some things not so much, but at least they got their feet wet trying more things in with an open world and realizing that they had to go beyond what they had been doing, you know, which was like where has been very, um, you know, and not a bad thing, but they've done a lot of linear projects and um, expanding out and try. Like I said, even this traversal, I'm like, damn, you know, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. yeah, you can see a little Kingdom Hearts in that. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I'm like that. Yeah. I think in, in obviously I've had a much shorter career at GI than others. But I think in my time here, I've found that the devs who are more open about the fact that they made mistakes or have learning opportunities. Right those games tend to come out better, right? And and I think if you have that mentality of, I can do, like, you know, we we goofed here, right? We can do better even in this production process. I think that's going to turn out, that 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 turns out better more often than not. So um, I'm excited to see what the, the fruits of that labor uh, looks like here on October 11th. So we got a little ways to wait. But dear viewer, I know what you're thinking. Oh, I need more Forspoken. We got you. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, Jill has a lot of awesome stuff coming to the site. Kim, you do as well. You have an amazing cover story that you wrote that y'all can check out now digitally. I don't think magazines are out quite yet, but uh, you know those will be at your doorstep very soon. I have uh, a lot of 4K footage that I am going to bring y'all, um, which is very exciting. I love, I love when we can uh, get the gameplay footage to y'all. Um, so, uh, and I have a beautiful nothing. face. No, you got a cat. That's great. <laughs> I have some excitement for the game. That's why. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm more like excited that. about the game than I've ever been after seeing it and kind of digging in and talking with the devs. Like I said, there are some things that we discussed that like were iffy on, but at the same time, like it looked pretty good to me <laughs> so far. And yeah. if they keep working on it and, and you know, presenting more, I will be interested to see how many regions there actually are, how many Tantas, all that. Um, but gosh, from what we saw, like, it was, it was nice. It was nice to finally see this game more unveiled. Let's just mm -hmm. call definitely. it for what it is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So definitely go check that out. Gameinformer.com slash Forspoken, YouTube.com slash Gameinformer. You know it. You love it. Um, Alex. My sweet friend. I'm sorry you didn't get to talk much this segment. No, I was listening. Do you want do you want to talk more in the next one? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, let's go to the next one. Welcome back to the GI Show. Jill is still here. Alex is still here. But we've assembled a new crew for the playlist, the section of the show where we talk about the games we're currently playing. 
Uh, and guess what? It's still Elden Ring. But we also have something else. But first, let's introduce him. Blake Hester, the mad genius himself. Hello. Hello. Mad genius. I feel Airbnb. like I'm... I feel like I'm less of a One of those of words mad... is, is ac- accurate. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I'm less of a mad genius and more of a dumb little stinker. Okay. I, see, I, you said it, not me. That wasn't on me. So, And then the news... Were how... you going to call me dumb? No. You call yourself dumb. I don't need you to do it. You think I'm dumb? You think don't I'm ugly? D- don't do yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm funny? What's so funny about what I just said? I, like <laughs> I'm a clown? I amuse you? Yeah. Yeah. Shouts out to Joe Pesci, friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, Joe Pesci, come on GI show. <laughs> what, what game will we talk about with him, you think? <laughs> Hopefully what like game? Like yeah, Zuma or Candy Crush, Temple Run, something like that. I was All gonna right. say Godfather the game, the Sopranos game, maybe. Um and then we have West LeBlanc. Sorry. <laughs> the Last Guardian. Hey, you ahead. haven't played this Last Guardian? It's the best, let me tell you. Wes LeBlanc finally is here. The News Hound. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. How's it going? I'm excited to be here. Any, any... It's another beautiful 90-degree day in Florida here. All right. Good this time. is already... This is already... This. I thought we stopped. I thought no. we were going to bring this back up, Wes. Jacksonville. <laughs> home Limp Biscuit. Shouts out. Yeah, the main biscuit, the main claim to fame of Jacksonville. <laughs> do y'all have like, do you have a Limp Biscuit Day in Jacksonville? <laughs> no, there's there's zero recognition or like celebration around Limp Biscuit. Wow, dude. Do you know what? For all of their contributions to the music industry, <laughs> do you know what's how you do them? One more time. <laughs> do you know what? I'm gonna keep interrupting my Blake's yeah, time. Yeah, no, this is good. Time. Yeah. Do, is... do you know West Borland? It's, you just no. see him around town. Oh, uh-uh. okay. Well, I'm having lunch with him on Tuesdays, so... Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Will you tell him I love uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavor water? We don't talk about that. We don't, it we made do him talk. a multi-millionaire. No, 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 we're all he talks about. We're moving on from this. You know what we do talk about? Video games. Video games. And Jill, you've been playing a DLC to one of the bigger games of the last couple of years, Assassin's Creed. You want to you wanna jump into it? Yeah. The original I've... one? <laughs> yes, the original Assassin's Creed is back, everyone. No. Valhalla. Um, Valhalla, yes. Uh, Dawn of Ragnarok. I did get time in it, and it. Uh, before I jump in, I do want to talk about uh, Ubisoft and making sure everybody is treated well and having a great workplace, and hopefully that is happening and things are happening towards that direction. Um, and as for the DLC, it is more Valhalla. If you enjoyed that game, you're probably going to enjoy this DLC. Uh, Some of the twists involved, though, involve things like you're playing as Odin. um, But Odin looks like Eivor, so it's sort of weird for me because it's like you, you are suddenly embodying a whole new character that looks exactly like the character you've been playing. So that's always off-putting for me a little bit. Like, right. no, that's that's Eivor. Um, and the narrative is sort of hard because I, I have all this time that I have spent with Eivor and for me, her story and all of the characters and and motivations and things happening there. Uh, So I don't have that much with Odin. So narratively, it's sort of hard to like get into it and and feel really Uh invested um, because he is trying to recapture or rescue, not capture, but uh, his son, uh, Baldur, who has been captured by a fire giant. So um, 
that's basically the whole run of the narrative plot. It does run about 15 hours to 20 hours okay. long. Um, and it, it, the the plot aside, the game is ugh, absolutely beautiful. Like, the world is fantastic. You're playing in the Dwarven realm, which I'm not going to try to pronounce here. Fair. That's fair. Um, but it is this sort of fantastical, like, it looks normal. It's this lovely green, beautiful, lush area until you sort of look around and you see, like, the trees are covered in gold and the mountains are just mountains of gold. And you've got these, like, monumental statues and just, like, the world is absolutely fantastic. Like, just wandering around is totally worth it. Nice. Um, and then some of the other elements are they've added these things called powers. You get a nice little magical, uh, bracer that allows you to steal powers from your enemies. Uh, so that lets you do things like transform into a raven and fly around for a certain amount of time. Um, you can walk on lava, you can shoot an arrow and like teleport a lot of cool things. They're not totally game changing. They do have a limit to how long they work and how often you can use them. And you do need to like refill a bar once you've used something up. Uh, but they are really a lot of fun and put a twist on the normal gameplay. So uh, I'm definitely big on high on the experience. It was a good experience. It's a $40 DLC. Wow. Um, so you do have to sort of weigh that. I believe a uh, developer said that it was about 35 hours okay. of content. Um, so keep that in mind. It's a good experience if you enjoyed Valhalla. But it doesn't sound like it's doing anything to pull in people who are necessarily uh, higher to that, that form, right? I mean, it's DLC yeah, for the game. I mean, like it, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you, if you weren't a fan of Valhalla, I don't think that this is going to be the thing that, that brings you back. But they are really interested, strangely. Uh, with totally new players coming in, which is pretty obvious in the beginning. Um, okay. So if, you, if you've if you never played before and you want to jump in for this particular DLC, you, you can. Uh, you show up, you get boosted to oh, okay. the proper power level. Got so it. you don't have to worry about going through the whole story before you can jump in. Well, that's cool. Does that... I wonder if that goofs up... Oh, yeah. I... I wonder if that goofs up, like, if, you come, if you're excited about it, do you, like, come back and you're overpowered for everything? I guess... I no, know. I think yeah. you come back as Eivor and you're just... Like, whatever level one level or whatever it is. Okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. I'm okay. so fascinated by the powers that Jill was describing. Turning into a raven, walking on lava, shooting an arrow. That last one, I mean... <laughs> no, shooting an arrow and teleporting. You teleport where oh, you shoot. I thought it. there was a comma in between <laughs> that. I was like, "Don't you shoot an arrow?" Like, shoot, I think no, like, anybody can shoot an arrow. You oh, can you shoot an arrow? arrow? Yes, actually, I was in an archery competition Bro, in summer camp one time, keep, no, no, and no. I won bronze. I don't believe. I don't believe. There's a certain point in our friendship I, where you just keep telling me things, and now I just don't believe the rest of it. Like, me, you can only uh, have so many things. Me and Van Aken should have an archery contest because I am also an archer of some sort Barrett? Uh, oh i've I done could... a one-time deal i'm not an archer <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. i was defending I my honor so far as to say merit but i have certainly done it for um recreation purposes and i have pictures to prove that i've hit the tiny little ball in the center <laughs> there we go okay my in-laws are um from the deep country in the south and my wife grew up with her own bow and arrow 
So I feel like I could get some pointers from her family. Kayla did? And maybe we okay. could be like a team. Maybe yeah. the next um, Extra Life. This will be. Yeah. We we have an Perfect. archery contest. Stadnik <laughs> has an apple on his head. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I also didn't like how quickly you lit up at that idea, Alex. I think we, we <laughs> talk about our relationship. Um, okay, so would you recommend this DLC? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Like, it had a lot there. It was a fun, entertaining, uh, cool kind of garnishes and beautiful world. Uh, if you're not that big into Valhalla, maybe not so much. Uh, if you're kind of bulking at the price... You know, that's up that's up to you. I don't think you're going to miss anything huge if you're missing out, but the ending does sort of hint at this perhaps not being the last uh in this it is called Dawn of Ragnarok for right. a reason. Um so we might see more in this vein. And does it this may be a dumb question. Um I'm sure Alex will let me know quickly, but um you does this tie into the main story like are you going to be lost or are there some moments where it would better to know who like avor is and that kind of stuff no because avor i mean is very very limited in uh anything happening in the plot um it does take place after the other sort of uh valhalla stuff like the stuff in asgard um, so, but you don't have to know anything about what happened in, in that storyline to know what's going on here. When is this out? Uh, I believe it is March 10th. Okay, cool. So, uh, the day you're listening to this, uh, it'll be out. So, you know, Assassin's Creed, good podcast game to, you know, go wander around and listen to my show. So check that out. Jill, do you have anything written on the site about it? I have impressions going up. Uh, they went up today, I believe. Yeah. Oh, so cool. So definitely go check that out. Uh, Jill's got a lot of stuff that we're uh, we're plugging here on the show today. I like it. You've been, you've been busy. So I've uh, been writing a storm. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. This is it's unescapable, right? We, this is what we've been playing. All of us. More Elden Ring. You know it. You love it. Uh, it's interesting. We we talked about this two weeks ago. At this point, right? I think it's two weeks. Yeah. And I feel like. I'm I'm more curious now that, you know, obviously we'll keep this relatively spoiler-free, but we're not going to be as guarded as the last conversation we had. Um, because, you we'll know... We probably mentioned the first couple bosses in the game. Right, yeah. Um, but, so just know that we are going to talk a little bit more in depth. If that's not your bag, then, you know, go check out the, the episode last couple of weeks. But I'm curious. I want to start this off setting the table, right? I want to go around the panel, see where everyone's at, and then we can talk about kind of our shared experiences. Because I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say, like, we're all in love with this game, right? Even Correct. you, Blake Hester? <laughs> Blake has no emotions. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Hester, let's start with you. Um, how far are you into the game? 63 hours. <laughs> 63 hours? <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I play every day. That's all I do. Wild wow. drink. <laughs> <laughs> that is what do you think your most played game up until this point is? Oh, uh Fortnite. Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hands down. I don't really I don't play Warzone anymore, which bums me out because I play Fortnite instead, but uh yeah, Warzone. Uh no, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, just in general. Okay. My most played game of all time. Gotcha. But even then, that's probably only like two hundred hours. I'm not some sicko who plays games for five hundred thousand hours. 
little freaks. <laughs> Get a life. Uh, Alex, how far are you in Elden Ring? I have rolled credits, my wow. friend. Wow. Well I have done. beaten this video game. There is one more optional boss I have to fight. Um, but I think I'm going to... Well, I, I was going to say I think I'd, t- I'd take a break. But last night I rolled a new character. So <laughs> we'll yeah. see what's going on with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have rolled credits. I have beat the game. You know, I know your hour count was goofy. What did Steam say you put in? <laughs> yeah, my hour count got messed up between the transition from pre-release and launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm somewhere. Steam says 73 hours. Uh, but I, I left my my PC on for like six hours one day. So probably 65 hours is the hour count I took to beat it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, Wes, where are you at, my friend? So I played a ton of it in the first week, and I have not played since Friday because life gets in the way. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm at 35 or 36 hours, level 54. Um, I've beaten the second mandatory boss. Um, okay. okay, Trying cool. to stay spoiler-free, but... Um, very cool boss. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm kind of trying to like, I don't know if 100% is the proper word because I don't even know how you would do that in this game. But I'm like clearing every area as much as I want to before moving on to like the clear next zone. Right. And then Jill, how far, how far are you? Now, before I get into this, I want to start off by saying that I, being lovely and coming onto the podcast to talk about everyone, excited to see all your beautiful faces, was insulted this Insulted? Morning. Okay. Yes. Sure. I came on, and Alex Stadnick implied oh, yeah. that I may not have played Elden Ring at all, and I am not having it. And then he said it's because she's a girl. <laughs> and I said, whoa, yeah, Alex. What's what up the with heck? that? Ladies dude. and gentlemen, yeah. I'm offering my full resignation dude. here as the host. It's been a <laughs> yeah. great run, a successful yeah, run. This guy sucks. You know, uh, I, I blame cancel culture, frankly. You know, it's not oh, my God. actions. You know, it's, oh, it's the culture around it. I cannot wait to read the comments <laughs> That's good. this video. Yeah. That's Listen, good. we don't have a cancel culture. We got accountability culture, my man. <laughs> and you're going down. All right. <laughs> Alex Stadnick with a straight face said girls don't play video games. He did. And then he said they don't fart. And I was like, Whoa, dude. That's Talk to my wife. All right. <laughs> Talk to my wife. <laughs> I would tell Kayla you said that. Yeah. Uh, Dude's tweeted it. Vance tweeted yeah. it. She knows. Yeah. But this is also like... a great uh, first step for the redhead takeover. Oh, yes. What's up? Oh, this is a Jill, cool. I'm sorry to interrupt with a bad joke. This is a cool. Listen, look at that. Yeah. We got three of y'all. Um, I, I love how our joke about Alex saying girls don't play Elden Ring was to just talk over the girl on the yeah, yeah, really right? Comedy, yeah, right? Yeah, really good stuff. I apologize, Jill. Please continue. Sorry, Jill. That's okay. Where are you, um, where are you at? I, I am in a similar boat to Wes. Um, I, because of other things, uh, Assassin's Creed included, that needed to be played for work purposes, uh, I am in the 35-hour range. At this point, I have beaten both the first two uh, bosses. I it sounds like I am the uh, least far of all of you. I've I've only played this game in three sittings, but in those sittings settings or um I've I've played like fifteen hours. Like it's been been sessions each time. Um, and I just beat Godric, and I'm like staring out nice. into uh the next area. And I just, it, it really did feel like the, the plateau moment in Breath of the Wild where it's like, oh, 
I'm just getting started. Like, here we go. Um, given, given where everyone is at, right? Like, what is, I guess we can start with like impressions. Alex, we can start with you or, or Jill. I know you haven't played it, but it, from what you've read online, do you want to talk about like where you're at or like impressions wise, where you're at with the game? Um, uh, I, I think I'm probably where a lot of people are. It's, uh, it, it's astounding. It's an absolutely amazing experience. I've always been a, a Souls fan. Um, and this just takes away the one sort of, uh, drawback that a lot of them have where you get stuck in one place and you can't move any farther and you beat your head against the wall um and for this one it's like it, it's almost literally the point of the game to go do something else if you get into that uh situation so i love this game i love walking around the corner and seeing a thing that i'm like oh no i'm not going anywhere near that <laughs> and then like killing it a second later right so uh absolutely in love what's up with you um it is like quickly approaching possibly becoming my favorite game of all time Wow. i'm i'm just like enamored with it i all i do is think about it it's all i want to do when i get off work i'm i'm doing the whole like eating lunch in three minutes and then playing elden ring for the rest of my lunch break um i'm waking up early to play it i'm staying up way too late to play it um like I'm even doing fun things like seeing the Batman and still thinking about Elden Ring during it, which you know, that's a cool movie. And I'm just like, I kind of would rather be home playing Elden Ring. Um, and it's become a like party game for me and my friends. Like we log in we go into each other's worlds and we kind of just run around and we don't really have any goals. We just kind of kill stuff and have fun with each other and, you know, chat. We've got friends from out of state and stuff. So it's kind of become like our weird social game, which is not something i ever thought would happen with the from software title but it has become that that's super unique i feel like i haven't heard a lot of people playing it that way um are you i have a dumb question for you wes yeah when if you help a friend beat a boss that you haven't beaten do you get do you get credit for that or do you have to have you to to your world they have to come to your world okay um so when you're summoned as like a cooperator um you're just there to help that's what I thought. Um, you do you do get the runes, I believe, though, which That's is interesting. So you can kind of like farm around that. Oh, um, okay. And then you can your friends can jump into your world, and so really, if you're playing with three people and you all need to beat Godric, for example, you could all get like three times the amount of runes. If I remember correctly, we haven't fought. We don't really fight bosses too much because it kind of kicks people, or it does kick you out afterwards. Yeah. Um, but we did fight Margit, I believe, together for one of our friends, and we all got runes. That's Word. real. Okay. Good to know that. Good time. Yeah. It's really hard though. Really hard when you're playing with people. I mean, I know I'm sure someone's going to say like it's easy mode or some BS like that to play with friends, but like they buff up the bosses so much if you're playing with people um, to the point where, and I wrote a piece about this on the site, um, but like fighting Margaret or Godric, one of them, um, three people, we could barely get him down to like half health. And then on my own, I could get him down to like, 10% of his health left easy. And then I eventually beat him by myself, which I wasn't able to do with my friends. Oh. Um, so like, don't go and expecting to just like ram through bosses with uh, your friends, but it's still, it's its own unique challenge. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Um, Mr. Hester. What's up, baby. I, I recall two weeks ago, us being on the mm -hmm. podcast and Dan proclaiming <laughs> that this could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you, yeah. 
you said, excuse me? What what kind of what kind of slander are you saying here? But sixty-three hours later, where are you at with this? No, I still think that's a wild thing to say about a game that's not <laughs> out yet. Um, but you know, look, I've I've tried all the games by those nasty little freaks at From Software, those sadists over there sitting in their their office making these mean little games. Uh, never thought never thought they'd be for me. You know, I played Sekiro, I played Bloodborne bad games you know I, i'm not good at them so they suck as far as i'm concerned uh, i got elden ring and i was like is this gonna be it is this finally gonna be it and i tell you i call him out on this show jacob geller this Ooh, name this man this little jacob geller was running his mouth he is like blake this isn't gonna be it you're not gonna like this one this is not gonna be the one that changes your mind and so <laughs> i'll be honest i was like i'm gonna spite him <laughs> I'm gonna love this game to show him. I didn't talk to him for like five days. I went on a vow of silence and just wow. played El- just played Elden Ring. I muted our Discord uh group chat we have together, didn't post for an entire weekend. And I How got did like they get their filler ragged. Sorry. Talk, talk <laughs> you don't get Reagan. And I came back like 20 hours later after that weekend, and I was like, Jacob, guess what? I beat Margaret. And I love Elden Ring. And he had to apologize for telling me I wouldn't <laughs> like it. Here's the thing, though. Jacob Geller is a very smart individual. I bet you it was part of the plan. I bet oh. that was a reverse Ooh. psychology situation. Mind he knew no. Blake. He was no. like... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know Jacob very shit. well. I know Jacob very well. <laughs> he is just not, he's not reverse. No, this game's great. Um, I, I'm just kidding. I don't think the other so I'm not kidding about the Jacob thing. I did play it despite him. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think the other Souls games are bad. They just were never for me. They have the boss runs and that's bad design, but like otherwise, I think the games are cool and they just never gelled with me. This one's great. I mean, what can you say about it that people haven't already said? Um, I think the Breath of the Wild comparisons don't really make sense to me, but I do like that the world is gigantic and incentivizes exploration. I don't think the game is um as immersive semi or systemic as the Breath of the Wild world in a way I wish it actually was. It's like, yeah, you can go anywhere and do anything, but also to beat this boss, you kind of have like two paths in front of you. You can't really bend the game around your finger or do weird things to uh we were kind of talking about this at the it. coffee shop. Like yeah. the exploration, the extent of it is Will this action I'm doing kill me? Yes or no? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know the rule now. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a lot of hard rules in it that I think Breath of the Wild kind of eschewed, and that's what made that game fantastic. But anyway, um, no, this game's great. Um, I think it's 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 all I want to do. It's all I enjoy doing. I haven't played Fortnite in like two weeks, which is astounding yeah. to me. Um, I, I'm reviewing something right now, and I was... So, the re- game I'm reviewing, which I can't talk about, I guess. Um, do, when it came, it, it's it's my most anticipated of the year. So, wink, nudge. If you've heard me talk in other podcasts, when the code came in, I was like, "Oh, I can't play Elden Ring as much now." <laughs> like that's how much I'm liking this game. That the game I wanted the most this year, I was a little bummed when it came in. Um, not to complain about getting free games, like <laughs> idiot. Yeah, man, get um, off your pedestal. But it's ama- it's amazing. I, I I'm constantly astounded that they have a game this big that they developed in this short a period of time. I hope the working conditions on that were good because oh my god, uh, the game is huge, and I just love exploring every nook and cranny. And I'm not a person who 
takes time out of to explore in games i don't care just critical path all the way through and in this one i'm like yeah we'll go check out that thing it does a really good sight line navigation the breath of the wild also did i guess you know where it's like what is that thing on that corner and then you get to that one and it's like oh there's something over there yeah. and you go over yeah. there and next thing you know it's 3 a.m and you got to work the next day and you're like oh how am i gonna yeah. How am I, what excuse am I going to use to get out of the I morning can, meeting? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, walking I gotta take Reagan. Care of, yeah. Oh, I got to take care of Reagan yeah. and say at 1023 still in bed. That's I have a question at. for everyone on the panel. Sorry to interrupt, Blake. Um, I'll start with you, Blake. What's up? One of the questions, this is the way to tell where people are at in the game without spoiling anything. What color is the sky in the area you're in right now? It's real snowy. It's white. Okay, white sky. Uh, Jill, what about your sky? I have seen skies. This sounds like a good start to like a poem. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen multiple skies Ooh. and all, all beautiful. Um, some, I believe are kind of purplish in nature. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wes, what about you? So I most recently saw a red sky and oh. I noped out very quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah. then I noped out one. into a place i didn't know existed with a very pretty starry purple sky ah and, um just and enjoying it's sort that of a lot Lothlorien sounding right anybody else get that vibe because i was just like bring on the elves <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> actually uh, and lastly Stadnik, what, what what color is the sky where you're at my skies have still been blue and stormy uh it was forced okay. upon me to uh, witness a red sky which i about <laughs> crap my pants the first time that happened um, <laughs> yeah uh but uh actually it, it turned out pretty well for me and uh once i got torrent and went back there so um mm. but yeah still still i i have seen the purple twinkly sky i have been destroyed by the crab that resides uh below in there uh as well and i have no there's idea a lot more that, in there too yeah i was gonna yeah. say i there's just i hit a certain point in that area where i was like I am lucky to be alive now. I'm gonna find one more side of grace, and I'm gonna get the hell out of here because I know this is not this is not for me at this point. Yeah, so, um. you know what's wild about this game is it, the way it like. I mean, this is this is old hat for anyone who's played any of those other freaky from software games, but like the way it, it just like everything about it feels so good that it it like makes you want to actually engage with its mechanics in a way like as a player i don't do like when i play a game i'm like just give me what's gonna help me brute force my way through i don't wanna I, it's really cool you got a hundred different menus and options but like i'm not doing that but in elden ring like the game actually pushes me to want to engage with things that in other games i would not care about like i respect my character which in any other RPG, I'd be like, no, I chose this. Maybe it's not right, but I'm going to figure out how to <laughs> get anyway. to the yeah. end of this yeah. game this yeah. way. And in this one, I'm like, yeah, let me try a different build. And I'm constantly like trying new equipment loadouts. Like I was doing magic for a little while. Then I switched to more of a strength build. Now I'm doing a blood build, which I'm breaking oh. the game around my finger. Just like with this crazy blood build. I'm like hearing about a new Ashes of War. You know, I'm constantly like looking things up. I, that's mm -hmm. part of the appeal to me is like hearing about something in a YouTube video and be like, oh, I need to go find that thing. And then like, it's like, okay, well, this Ash of War, I thought I would never take off my character. Now I found this new one and the old Ash of War, it's dead to me because I want to try this new thing. And I'm constantly like experimenting with the game. 
in ways. There's a sword I've... out there doing that now. Lots of people talking about this special yeah. sword that breaks the game. Yeah. I well, I just got the mimic tier as well. Oh like, yeah, yeah, just got that. I haven't used it yet, but it's like it, I feel like it. It leads me to experiment in ways only like arcane games do, and they were very special in that I would want to engage with all their mechanics. And in most games, I'm like, I don't care. I just, I'm just getting through it to get through it. I think that's great game design. You know, those those little weirdos over from software, they know how to make them. They know how to make them. Yes, they do. Little little tiny tip for anybody playing this game using the mimic tier i'm not gonna say what the mimic tier is if you have it you know what it is when you're using the mimic tier dan tack told me this put items on your equipment bar because the mimic tier will have access to them and maybe don't use those items yourself but just have them on the bar mm-hmm. and the mimic will essentially have infinite access to those items a uh, pretty handy tip that changed the game for me Infinite. with the mimic That's interesting. That's wild to me because, like, I'm like I said, I'm like 15 hours in, and literally nothing you said made sense to me. It's like yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> like in normal games, right? I'm I feel like I would have everything under like my belt. I'd understand like core mechanics and everything like that, and and I have to a certain extent, but like just so much more to this experience that I haven't gotten to yet, which is still very mm-hmm. exciting to me, and um. I think one of the main things I was worried about coming into this, right, was feeling overwhelmed. I was like, well, I already feel threatened by the combat because from games have not stuck with me yet. And then you're telling me there's no, almost no guiding force in this. And I was like, oh, like, I, that's why I wasn't like, everyone was talking about it in the office, right? And I was like excited to try it, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to be for me. But I having no quest log, having no guide in that way, I think is one of its strongest qualities because of everything you guys talked about and just its ability to immerse you in its exploration. Like I, I actually think that the, the I, I just, like I said, I just beat Godric and, and Margaret, right? I actually think that was the least part of my experience because it did feel like more of a classic from thing where it's like, okay, I feel very, I can fast travel wherever, right? But I like I'm not getting that sense of exploration that I'm loving so much from Limgrave in the outside world as as and now that I'm in the castle, it's like, okay, there's kind of one path and I resort to my toxic brain of like I need to I need to get through this. I don't care what else is in front of me. So um which yeah, is interesting. It, yeah. Especially coming off like I mean most video games, but most recently Horizon Forbidden West, where like Aloy never shuts up. Like the amount of times I walked into an area and I was like, Oh, it seems like there's a cool puzzle here, and two seconds later Aloy tells me the solution. I'm like, Why why did you design this puzzle then? Just make it a hallway I'm gonna walk through if you don't actually want me to engage meaningfully with your game. Like Elden Ring completely bucking all those like handholdy uh handholdy design elements is so cool and i found it already affecting the way i play other games like i'm playing a different open world game right now and i turned off most of the hud because i found it like because i was bouncing between it and elden ring and elden ring tells you nothing and then i would play this game and i was like it's telling me too much and i started turning just everything off like i'm i was turning off like the mission like here's what you need to go do i I made the mini map as tiny as possible so I could barely see it. And mm-hmm. like it's completely changing how I even interact with other video games. Yeah. Games that uh don't tell you anything and let you have the sense of discovery and 
like just let you walk through things. Those are great games. Yeah. Those are. are fantastic. They are yeah. really, really great. Yeah, I feel like if if you were to focus test Elden Ring the way Sony seems to focus test most of its games, like it would come back with so many red marks. Like you're not telling the player anything. You're not you're not you're not keeping them on the critical path. And it's like, well, actually, this is like such a better design philosophy than you know, Peter Parker talking to me every four seconds. It's like, just let me out here and enjoy your world. Don't like try to navigate me to what you deem most important. And I think that's so much more meaningful where I find something in Elden Ring that's important to me rather than, you know, what someone I've never met in an office somewhere thinks is the most important part of their game. Right. I like that Elden Ring gives you like the tools to like if like my map, for example, I wasn't using it at first, but now I'm marking it up like a freaking cartographer. Mm -hmm. Like when I beat a place, I put a flag down. If I find a chest that takes me somewhere, I put like a skull there. If there's a boss I can't beat, I put a sword. Yeah. Like I'm using this map in ways I've never used a map. And at the end of my journey, it might look like something in Horizon Forbidden West, for example, where there's a ton of markings all over it, but they're like unique to me and they're mine. And I know exactly what they are. And it's not overwhelming because I'm building this map. Whereas just to talk about Horizon Forbidden West, because that's the other game I'm playing right now, like yeah, opening the map is very, very overwhelming, especially mm -hmm. after Elden Ring. Like, there's just so many like objectives and things to do, which is great on its own. But going back and forth between the two, it's crazy shell shock. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also like the way. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. I also like the way that part of a, a big tenant of this game, I think, is breaking it. Like, you know, when I played Sekiro, it, it felt very much like you have to learn how to become perfect at this game. Otherwise, you're not going to get through. And like the Souls games, it's like, if you can figure it out and it works for you, just do it. Like there was a, there was a guy in a castle who was real hard, but I found out I could get him in a doorway and I could just whack on him nope. and he couldn't hit me. It's like some players might be like, oh, you cheated the game. You cheated yourself. And it's like, shut up. You're an idiot. Who <laughs> I, right. I love the feeling. Like, my favorite thing, I, if I'm role-playing anything, it's, like, in Elden Ring, getting by by the skin of my teeth. Not right. feeling like I mastered anything. Like, I lucked through it. You know, I'm getting out with no flasks left, and I'm one hit, but I beat the boss. It's like, I, I'm covered in blood. Is it The bosses are my own. I don't know. Like, I love the feeling of just, like, man, I should not be surviving anything of these 63 hours. That feels so fun to me. Right. That's a sentiment I've been hearing a lot, and I really, mm. really appreciate that, because there is, uh, basically, there's no cheesing in Elden Ring, you know? Yeah. You 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 beat that boss, no matter how you beat that boss, you beat that boss, you did it. You did yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's so, like, anti, um, like, elitist feeling that I really enjoy, because it mm -hmm. feels like a lot of times from software games have this get good um, kind of mentality to them or the community talks uh, people are worried about that sort yeah. of idea but like this is absolutely i mean i would argue that in a lot of other from software games that's the philosophy too but yeah. here it's just like if if you can do it do it and it makes it feel really a lot more real to me because if i in real life were put in a situation where there's this giant thing coming at me yeah i would hide and throw rocks at it yeah. if i could <laughs> yeah I think yeah, I certainly do not feel like I've gotten good at this game. I feel like I'm as bad as I was at hour one, and I'm just learning like how can I beat it? <laughs> you know, like it maintains that through the entire game. Like yeah. the last boss, 
I tweeted this, but the last boss I finished, I had no flasks left. I had maybe like 25% health, like literally one shot away from dying. And it was like 2 a.m. And I'm just like, the only way I'm going to beat this boss is if I just like am unrelenting in my attack right now. Otherwise, I'm dead. And it was just like this like last minute, like Hail Mary, like, oh, my God, I'm out of stamina. One more hit. Come on. And like no, screaming like at, at 2 a.m. My wife's trying to sleep. <laughs> I'm like whisper screaming like, oh, my God. And then he gets to my friends in Discord like, from the other. Yeah, room, like, like it maintain Blake. It maintains that, I think, yeah. through the entire game. And it's the awesome. way. The way I beat almost everything in this game is not doing any of the real attacks, you know, your heavy or your light attacks. It's just mm -hmm. doing my blood slash Ash award. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make fair. Yeah. I'll learn a boss's moveset and learn when I have the time to get off an Ash of War attack because it gives yeah. me that like immediate satisfaction of like six to seven hundred damage on everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I don't even know the last time I swung my sword with the R1. Literally. I'm just L2ing yeah. my way through the entire <laughs> game. I feel that way too about the guard counter. It is <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's cheating it is so good. i like yeah i use the jellyfish summon on godric and if the jellyfish hits so many times it poisons the enemy right so i finally got him poisoned and then i was able to just focus on dodging the rest mm -hmm. of the fight um yeah and i think that's been the highs and lows of the online reception to this game i feel like the first two weeks this was out there was this celebratory thing that we're talking about right where it's like oh cool you you found that door cell the um, door to hide in and, and kill the crab or whatever nice like i feel like it was more celebratory at the start but now i'm starting to see some of the uh for lack of a better term heads online who it is like mm, well if you don't have your deck oh, you're build, a mage like, build? The, yeah like oh wow you've oh. never played elden ring like that kind of thing. i have seen i have seen those comments too and it's nice to see when people push back against that yeah and like i'm seeing the common sentiment like Jill was talking about, uh, hey, it's in the game. It's it's fair game, like fair right. play. Yeah. Like they put that tool or that, um, they they put all of this stuff in the game for a reason. Right. Use it how you want to. You yeah. know. And I do think those first two weeks, like, kind of changed my mind on the Souls community a little bit because I did think it was very gatekeepy and what the the toxic things we talked about. And obviously, it's still there as we can see, but it's like this kind of opened my eyes to. The good people of, of the people of, of the people who play that you know um and to give and to give credit to them some of the funniest people that have ever lived are the people who put notes in elden ring oh my God. they are uh, last night i walked up somewhere and i saw three notes and the first one said liar ahead the second one said hidden path ahead the third one said, no hidden path ahead. And I was like, which <laughs> one's the liar? <laughs> Turns you out wanna... there's no hidden path ahead. <laughs> was so I was funny. running through a gauntlet of people last night playing in like one of the optional dungeons, literally surrounded by, it's got to be like Godric Castle levels of enemies. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're running up the front gate, it was essentially that again. And I'm running for my life trying to like, just, I don't want to fight these people. I just want to get to where I'm going. And I see this this um, message like over in front of a door, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's a secret! Like, I can that's where the site of grace is, or something." <laughs> and I run out of my way, jump down. I'm essentially like just surrounded by these people now, and I walk up, uh, or rather, sprint up to the thing, and the message just says "door." And I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm going to kill whoever <laughs> left this message." The people who just leave like 
dog yeah. messages next to like other yeah. creatures yeah. or donkey yeah. yeah or yeah. just like door next to a door i'm like you people are so stupid i laughed out loud and then i died and i was like a fair play <laughs> yeah um alex i you have any other thoughts before we kind of wrap up this segment i don't think we called on you for your impressions yet um one of the best games i've ever played i thought I, I had this secret fear on the back of my head, like in the first 15 to 20 hours of Elden Ring. I was like, I'm loving this, but when's it going to stop? When am I going to like put this thing down? And I was always kind of afraid because I have had that urge in plenty of other games that I love. It's like, oh, well, it's kind of it's kind of waning that that uh, desire to explore um, I was like, oh, I'm I'm only gonna get like halfway through this, aren't I? But no, like it kept me engaged like through the whole game, and like towards the end, I just kind of wanted to see what was next in the story. Like I feel like the first half of the game, the story is really like, oh, okay, I don't really know what's going on, and then you start to piece together this world and the lore and like the characters' relationships with one another are really interesting. Um, and you're never sitting there going through, you know, a cutscene where they're talking to each other. But like just the references that you start to put together and the the hints that the items in the game give you, you're like, wait a second, this person is like this person's dad and they were married to this person in their first marriage. And then now they're married to this this God and just the the web of lore that has been spun from this game no, no, is really Love interesting. Island's Elden Ring. Yeah, not Love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Love Island. Um but but yeah, it's just it was really cool to uh, experience as a game, and I'm glad I beat it. It was it's a really cool game, and I felt like the ending. Um, I've now looked up all the endings, and I like the endings better than uh, the other. Well, I've really only beaten one other from software game was Bloodborne, and I felt like this ending uh, was much more uh, clear, and I felt like. I was rewarded for my effort in the end and not given some like really weird thing that I have to go and search for online. Like, what does this mean? Like, I felt like it did a good job of like, okay, you know, here's how the story plays out. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. I am curious to see Goaty so far. The what? I said Goaty. Goaty. I mean, I was going to say it does feel like, and obviously I've only, it'll been, be hard to beat. I'll it, say that I, I've only been here two and a half years, but it does kind of feel like after last of us came out in 2019, last of us two came out and where everyone was kind of like, this is, this is the game, right? Like I know we have God of oh. war. We have what you, you mean in our game of the year discussions that year? Yeah. I'm the... still mad about that. We should have given it to Hades. Oh yeah. Well, I raised my hand for that. Yeah. But regardless, um, yeah, so, it um, feels like a. It uh, feels like it's going to be hard to top Elden Ring yeah. at this point. But we have a lot of year left. We have God of War. We have um, um, Neon White. Neon White. Yep. Breath of the Wild Two. Air and Breakfast. Maybe uh, yep. <laughs> Cult of the Lamb. You know, Tunic, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So um, anybody's game. Anybody's game. I I can talk about Neon White if we're still on the playlist. We are not. No, on we the have playlist. to go because yeah. I have something I have to go do. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. Uh, you've reached the point of the show, housekeeping, where we tell you what's new in the world of Game Informer. And then coming up next, we're going to be getting into listener emails. Uh, we usually start the uh, housekeeping with a new review. We don't have a new review this week. We have finally gotten through our backlog of awesome reviews. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. 
Uh, so if you, you know, you want to go leave us a review, that would be amazing. We'll, we'll give you a shout out. Say thank you on the show. Uh, oh, wait, wait. I, there is a new review. Catherine. Oh, my God. My great grandma left us a review on Apple Podcasts what? saying, Alex, you need a raise. I love you. You are really handsome. Okay. The typical stuff my grandma said, my great grandma says. Um, but thank you. Uh, Catherine, for leaving that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate you, Grandma. Miss you. Hope you're doing well. Imagine uh, if moving she left on. a three-star review. Oh, dude, that'd be so messed up. <laughs> three-star review, you need to eat more. Something <laughs> you're, like, you're looking too you're, thin. You're looking yeah. thin. I'm yeah. like, okay, Grandma. Uh, weekly streams this week. We've got our Thursday stream. I think we're still figuring out what we're going to play. But I think uh, myself or Alex are going to be running that. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. 2 p.m. Central. Um, maybe we'll play Elden Ring. Maybe we'll play something different. Uh, but regardless, Thursdays are the day of the week. You can always expect us to be streaming. Again, 2 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Same thing for Fridays at 2 p.m. Uh, and then Multiplayer Monday. we got to figure out what we're going to be playing on Monday. But I think uh, I'm feeling like we need to bring that segment uh, back this week. That's kind of like our streaming section that happens when we have time. But usually... Uh, that is at 9 a.m. on Mondays. Um, lastly, we've got a bunch of stuff. Forspoken is our new cover. Um, ton of stuff. Alex, Jill, Kim, um, you all got to go and see that game. Jill, what, what's that game about? What's Forspoken about very quickly? Forspoken is about a young woman named Frey Holland who is sitting in New York having a, a sort of bad time and is uh, mysteriously transported into a magical realm where everything's trying to kill her. Okay. Well, if that sounds interesting, go check out uh, GameInformer.com slash Forspoken. We've got uh, the cover story. We've got all sorts of great stuff on the website. Uh, and then we've got uh, YouTube videos coming with some exclusive gameplay. Yeah. So go check out all of that. Uh, GameInformer.com slash Forspoken. YouTube.com slash GameInformer. Uh, almost done. Social media plugs. Follow Jill at Finruin. Follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes. Follow Blake Hester at Metallica is rad. He's saying no. Uh, you can follow Alex Stadnick at Studnick76. And you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Lastly, go check out all of our other podcasts. Video Gameography, hosted by Marcus Stewart. All Things Nintendo, hosted by Brian Shea. And From Panel to Podcast, our new comic book show, hosted by EIC, Andrew Reiner. Alex, let's get into listener emails let's do it this one of the best parts of the show where we get to hear from you the listener send in your questions your queries your thoughts uh your dreams your nightmares the whole thing um so and you can do that by sending it into gameinformer.com excuse me podcast at gameinformer.com our email or you can send it in a discord which alex quickly how do they do that yeah link your twitch to discord in the discord app go and subscribe to the twitch channel Again, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Use your Amazon Prime sub or just do a normal tier one sub one time. That'll get you access to the Discord server. Uh, it'll show up in your integrations in the Discord app. Some people seem to be having problems again. I think Discord sometimes just likes to disconnect our channel from Discord. So if you're having issues with it, email me, alexfanakin at GameInformer.com uh, with proof that you subscribed and I'll get you in there. No yeah. worries. Yeah. Uh, so let's get a Cohen here. Uh, the first one comes from our Discord. Uh, Judonkadonk writes in, Elden Ring, I find it the most satisfying thing is to run into a mob guarding an item, grabbing it, then running away. 
uh, what little thing brings you the most satisfaction? I've got one. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so when I get to an area I'm not supposed to be in, in Elden Ring, like very clearly not supposed to be in, and I can find out by hitting an enemy and not seeing the health bar move, um, I like to either nope out, which happens sometimes, but if I sense like maybe that there's a grace point nearby, I will just sprint to it with all the enemies in tow, and then you rest at the grace point and you watch them all disappear, and it's amazing. Yep. So lovely. I have a real love of killing these darn birds. All of these flying the creatures are that come so at me. stupid in this game. I hate them. Oh my Anytime God. I can take them out with like one shot or I like just swing upper hand and manage to catch them before they hit their dumb beaks on my face is a good day. I always appreciate that. I like the sound torrent makes when you double jump. <laughs> I think it not not to, not to get into the foley of it, but it sounds like somewhere in there is just one small hit of a tambourine. It's a little jingle it does, and I love it. I will double jump just to hear that sound over and over. Um, also, like I don't know, doing the blood slash when I have like four <laughs> really like uh, low power enemies in front of me and just one shots all of them. That's really good. But my favorite thing in the game and why I've spent sixty three hours playing it is the sound of torrent double jumping. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. Whenever you roll up, I use Godric's axe as my main weapon, and it has an Asha, a special Asha vor called uh, "Thy Shall Kneel" or something, uh, whatever his line is in the game. And you essentially like take it with both hands and slam it on the ground and do a shockwave. I love running into a room of enemies that are asleep or like not aware <laughs> and going in the middle of them and doing my special art of war and just like one shotting everybody in there because I'm super ridiculously overleveled uh, and have like 50 strength and just slamming the ground and one shotting them all. It's, it's great. Good question. Uh, this week, we also have an email right in. Uh, from uh, Keith, a.k.a. the Rocket Scientist. Keith says, what's a world's first, uh, let's see, uh, looking back at your time as a gamer, what mechanic from the game did you uncover that just blew your mind or wrinkled your brain? Sort of the most recent example I can think of is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, there is a ability to bow in that game and it doesn't really do anything it's just like if you want to uh play a particular role and since i was going through i'm like yeah i think my Jin is going to be like super polite and uh so he's going to be bowing to everything so when i got to the golden temple there is a bodhisattva at the end that i bowed to just because that would be the you know, the proper thing to do. And my Jin, being a genteel human being, did that. And all of a sudden, there were just butterflies burst all around me out of the statue. I was like, that is so fantastic. I cannot believe that that worked out. And I love this game now. Um, mm -hmm. So anytime a game has something where you're like, I wonder if this would do anything, and then it does, and it shocks you, it is like a perfect game. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. I think my my original idea was going to be Portal. Just playing that for the first time when it in the orange box, um, being blown away. But I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna say uh, Titanfall, mm. uh, calling down a Titan, like the sequence of calling down a Titan, 
running across a wall, running, jumping through a window, jumping out the window, and then jumping onto your Titan, being sucked in like that. And that whole sequence and how like it's all pretty much like it's not like a one camera thing, but they make it feel like there's never a break in the action. Like, oh, I'm jumping, I'm running, I'm being sucked in and I'm seeing all of the parts of the Titan cockpit move together to suck me in and just like taking control that way. Oh, that was like such a cool moment in Titanfall 1. That's a good one. I think for me, I, I go back to like Pokemon Yellow when I was a kid and was just learning about what these games were. The idea of trading in that was so mind-blowing at the time too, especially when like you'd send over a Kadabra and it would evolve into an Alakazam. Mm. Your mind blew at that. My mind did anyways. It's just like the, the sheer possibility of like, what other Pokemon are you trading to to get them to evolve and like learning, you know? Oh, okay. Well, I can't get the starters are the only are are only available at the start, right? So it's like maybe I can entice my buddy over here to send me like you know a, a Bulbasaur or something like that. I think that mechanic made it so much more communal for me, especially in like kindergarten and after school programs. And I I formed bonds with my friends that way and that kind of stuff. That some I still talk to today. So I think that is one of my favorite mechanics. That and it's like it sounds old hat now right it's so duh it's pokemon right but like learning about that at the start back in like 2001 or whatever was was amazing anyone else? can i change mine yes <laughs> sure i'm trying to remember this the name of this game it's not out yet uh it went viral on twitter so if anybody can remember the jill you might know it i feel like you would know it okay the photography game to solve like platforms and try to mm. get from A to B, you take a photo and the Polaroid comes out and you hold it up and look at it and then you turn it in the environment and then it becomes part oh, of the environment. Um, yes. I you do. know what I'm talking about. I do know this game. Mon Cage. That Is sounds that something like that. It's it's or Mon Cage. I think it's supposed to be like a clever play on things, but I have no idea. Um, yeah, if if anybody knows what I'm talking about, that game when I saw M -O -N -C -A -G -E. the game. M O N C A G E, and it if it's the game, I is it the one with the cube? That no, you, like, twist around. Oh, okay. That's but a that's good another game great too, one. Check it out. There's a lot of cool games okay. coming up. There's a there's also Blocky Dungeon, I think, that's coming up, and it's like Tetris, but like you're building a dungeon for a like dungeon crawler. Uh, that that there's so many awesome games with cool mechanics coming out, uh, but yeah. Oh, anyone else? Sorry to derail. No, you're good. Uh, anyone else got one? Yeah, Alex, um, thanks I... for asking. <laughs> Go ahead, Wes. <laughs> no, you got it. You got it. You had a good introduction and everything. You're good. Yeah. Uh, in the video game Vanquish by Platinum Games, directed by Shinji Mikami, I believe his pen penultimate game as a game director. Um, don't fact check me on that, but I believe that's true. Uh, you you have a dedicated button you press, and your character smokes a cigarette, <laughs> and then he flicks the cigarette away. It was the coolest thing that's ever been put in video <laughs> okay. games. They don't they don't make them like they used to. I'll tell you what, no, they do Vanquish not. rules, uh, and nothing will ever blow my mind harder than being a little kid and going into bullet time for the first time in Max Payne. Uh, that was the coolest thing ever. Shout out to my dad's coworker Ricky. He worked with at Kinko's, who burnt that onto a CD for us. Yeah, that's right. I played a stolen copy of that game when I was a kid. Come find me, <laughs> cops. Uh, I went into bullet time, and the bullets like whizzed past you. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So those two. Yeah. 
Thank you for your time. Bless. Take my answer off the air. <laughs> so I have a bunch, but I actually just discovered one recently, and it's an Elden Ring, um, funny enough. Um, I will say it vaguely. It's not really spoilery, but just in case, because, you know, people. Um, so you can hug somebody in Elden Ring. Oh! And it's a very sweet, calming moment in a From game, which is odd. It's very strange. It's seemingly has no, like, ulterior motive or purpose to it. Um, but I recently discovered that when you do that, you lose 5% of your health. And you can only get it back by using something that she gives you. And I was like, it makes sense in a From game that Miyazaki has put this super sweet moment where you get to hug somebody and just relax. Mm -hmm. It has to hurt you. It has to hurt Mm -hmm. you. God forbid we have this nice moment of reprieve. Nope, we lose 5% of our health. And you get it back by using the item you're given. But I was like, what, what? What? You know how thing. many times I went in for a hug? <laughs> and I was like, what is that? I was like trying to figure out what the mechanic was. I was like, she's, oh my God, dude, that is so messed up. That is uh-huh. so messed up. Mm-hmm. Also, I remember the game. It's called um, Viewfinder. Um. It's a mind bending first person adventure game where you can take pictures to life and step into other worlds. Look I up. got one more. Okay. And near sure. Automata. Spoilers. Get over it. As the final boss, you start as 9S and you switch to 2B and then you switch back to 9S. And throughout the entire fight, which goes on for like 10, 15 minutes, it gets faster, switching back and forth between them. So on the fly, you have to like be ready for your entire perspective to shift to another side of the boss arena. And like it was the coolest thing. I have no clue how they pulled it off. But by the end, it's like switching every second between the two characters and you have to play as each of them for one second each. It's so cool. That's awesome. I don't know how we can top it. So I'm not going to try. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Informer Show 594. We're coming up on 600. Can you believe that? Uh, maybe we'll be in the studio by then. That'd be cool. I don't know if we will be. Don't make a girl a promise. Maybe. You can't keep. Um, <laughs> viewers, listeners, thank you so much. Uh, your support means the world to us. Uh, we've had a really successful run of shows, which is very exciting. It's exciting when it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's exciting all the way through, but we really appreciate you. Uh, read the, or, you know, give us your reviews. We'd love to read them. Um, good, bad, negative, or, you know, the whole thing. Maybe we won't read it on the show, but we'll definitely read them. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you listening uh for spoken next couple weeks is gonna be exciting uh and probably more elden ring if we're honest but there's more games coming out we promise uh that you should come back next week to hear more about um so be good to one another bye everyone